The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Zechariah, chapter 4. The New International Version Bible changed in 2011. They began to change some things in there that have, for me, disqualified it. And if you own one, you don't need to go out and burn it or anything like that. You just need to be aware uh, of some of those changes. And I'll have a printout, by the grace of God, on Sunday for those of you that want to see that. Somebody says, King James Version, 1611, that's the only one you need to read. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you can be a little bit religious about that. The Lord's good. Zechariah chapter 4. I'm going to read from the New King James, also a viable version. Now, New World Translation, you probably... That one you could probably burn. <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and say, whoa. All right, good. Book of Morons. No, more, pardon me. Book of Mormon. That one's also got a lot of issues. Okay. How gracious of me. Zechariah chapter 4. We love the Mormons, but it's deception. It's a Christian cult. That's what it is. Okay, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. Are you ready? New King James Version. Now the angel who talked with me came back, wakened me as a man who is wakened out of sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I'm looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps of seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right hand of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Verse 5. And the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts sent me to you. For he who, for, pardon me, for who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, they are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. 
Then I answered and said to him, What are the two olive trees at the right and the left of the lampstand? And I further answered and I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden which the golden oil drains? And he answered me and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Verse 14, last verse. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that in the moments that remain tonight, you will speak to us, giving us living understanding from this text of Scripture. Holy Spirit, come, breathe upon this message, I pray. Lord, help us to grasp, to receive what you would say to us. Indeed. Not by power, nor by might, but by your spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It was uh, 2005. I was uh, preparing, as I recall, to race my father in a foot race, a uh, you know cross-country type race. And I was rather heavy, a little heavier than I am now. And uh, I don't know if you've gotten heavy and then you try to run, you know, it's kind of challenging. And I've been faithful. I've been running for a number of weeks and lost some weight. And I was looking forward to the opportunity where I was going to beat Dad. Yes, because I've never been able to beat him in a foot race. So, I mean, even through high school, when I was in high school, he could still outrun me. And now he's in his 70s, and I figure I've got my shot. <laughs> Praise God. This is it. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I was 40 years old, a little, little less than I was, a little less than 40, maybe 38, 39. And I figure I'm going to get him now. And... Um, and so I went on this run. To tell that, just to finish that tangent, I went, I raced, I lost. He beat me. But God is still on the throne. So anyway, I was able to overcome discouragement and got healed. Praise the Lord. I'm on this run, and um, I was right by a street called AI Street, just like it is in the book of Joshua. And uh, that has great significance to me, uh, but I won't share all of that right now. So I'm on this run on the island of Kauai, and I am stopped dead in my tracks with an open vision from the Lord. And let me tell you how that was for me. Maybe it'll help you. You know, every, the gifts of the Spirit operate differently and. In all of us, even as our fingerprints are different, there might be some commonality or similarities to the way the Spirit works in us individually. But you've got to find your own anointing. You've got to learn how the Spirit works in you. So for me, I was sharing with my mom just recently, I'm really like a child. Just need a lot of help from the Lord and really in love with Him and just try to keep that love and try to guard my heart for out of it flows the issues of life. And I, I find myself just sort of walking into stuff. 
and there's the Lord, and something happens, and boom, it's God, and it, that's how it works for me. Some people are like, the Lord spoke to me, so I got up, and I, most of the time, I'm just like, I feel like I want to go outside, and I go outside, make a left, and boom, I run into the Lord. It's kind of more like that for me. <laughs> Which is great, because if you start thinking, you know, you got a corner on how to hear the Lord and all that, start, you know, he's multifaceted, so he always moves in different, I might not even get to this text. But he moves in different ways. And I've found that once you really feel like you gotta, got him figured out, he'll do something different. Because it's this living, dynamic walk with God of relationship with him. And so I'm running. I find myself seeing a motion picture. I mean, later I found out after it was over that I'd stopped running. And I was standing on the side of the road having this encounter with the Lord. And the vision was a vision of Alaska. And I had this bird's eye view. And I saw the oil of heaven coming, flooding out over the whole state and pouring out into Canada and down into the lower 48 and going across uh, all, the, all the nations. In fact, um, uh, Pastor Alex, would you go pull that painting off of my wall? You know, the one with the sword and all of that? Got everybody running up to my office tonight. (laughs) And so I saw this oil hit Alaska and just spread out. I mean, and it was glorious. I mean, to see what this golden oil is like. I mean, the glory of God, the power of God. And as I'm seeing this, the Lord speaks to me. Now, I was, we were in really a bit of a revival. I mean, you remember that? You were there in Kauai. God was pouring out His Spirit in a wonderful way, and the church was growing and flourishing and in every way. And the last thing I had on mind was to leave. I didn't want to go anywhere. It was awesome. I felt like Philip. The Lord called me to Alaska from this vision. So this golden oil pouring out over, and it comes with then the word of the Lord, very clear. I don't know if it was audible, but it might as well have been even if it wasn't. It's just so loud. And the Lord says in the same way that there's a pipeline from the north slope to Valdez and puts oil in vessels and that oil can go all over the world from there. So I'm going to pour out the golden oil of Zechariah and you are supposed to be a part of it. Go. And when that happened, I mean, he let me go and I'm just thinking like, whoa, Alaska, golden oil. Oh God. And I just sat there weeping uh, you know, on the corner of AI Street in Makawao. And I came uh, to Alaska and, and became the pastor here. I told Dr. Morocco what had happened. He said, I've been praying. Thank you. He says, it's God, it's God. And, and we all agreed it's God. And, you know, every show on TV was Alaska. Alaska still is. It's because we live in the greatest state in the union. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And, I mean, it was just everywhere I went. It's Alaska, 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 everywhere, everywhere. Meeting people from Alaska, TV shows on Alaska. You know how God just constantly, you know, he just likes saying, make sure, exclamation point. And, um, and so we came in 2006, I think I got it right. 
And we came up here, and uh, Pastor Vince and, and Ava and a team of people took over the two churches on Kauai that we were at, and we got in our car. We left basically within about 30 days of that. God spoke to me about the timing. He said, go now. Everything's all set here. Get going. Thinking, wow. We packed our stuff within 30 to, well, probably 45 days of that vision and confirmation with Dr. Morocco, my stuff was on the water on the way to Kauai, on the way, pardon me, to Anchorage. And I was in a whirlwind of the favor and the blessing of God, just thinking to myself, how, what is going on? It was so fast. I've shared stories about my son who uh, confirmed things. As I put him to sleep, he would... I would listen to his heart, and he would listen to mine, and I'd listen to his heart. He says, what, what, do, you see? what do you hear, Dad? <laughs> I'd say, I hear wild horses. You remember this, don't you? Huh, Dan? Just nod or something. Okay. Well, this one time, you know, we would do that game every time he's going to sleep. Well, he listens to my heart one day, right after this vision, and we're looking for the timing and everything. He listens to my chest. And he gets his, lifts his head up. He goes, hmm. Puts his head on the other side of my chest and listens and goes, hmm. You have two hearts. I said, I do? He says, yeah. This one's Kauai and this one's Alaska. I was like, whoa. He's like, okay, let's go to sleep. I'm like, oh, my God. That's like amazing. I was totally blown away. Out of the mouths of babes, he's ordained his praise. And so we came up here. I'll never forget leaving Kauai. I don't know if you remember that day, Pastor Vince, but much of the church turned out to line our road. As we drove away, people weeping, we're crying, they're crying, and we drove away thinking, what have we done? We're leaving one of the most incredible places on the earth with the most incredible people, a part of this church, it's like an outpouring, it's revival. All these people we love are leaving everything we know and going to Alaska for some golden oil in obedience. We got here, it was 10 below zero, or Karen says it was 10 above, whatever. It's all the same when you come from 80 or 90 degrees, okay? It was cold, man. It was cold. And... Um, Jeremy Cotton picked us up. He's a youth pastor of Church on the Rock now. He helped us greatly when we first got here. He was part of the church. Anyway, he picked us up. It was a snowstorm, and we, he drove us over to Roy Street. You know where Roy Street is? Right over here, Roy. Got a little church apartment. Put the wife and the two beautiful children to bed. Put my slippers on, which are like flip-flops for all of you people that are not from Hawaii. Had my flip-flops on, a pair of board shorts. This is a bathing suit. For those of you also not from high, so put my board shorts on. It was just kind of like relaxing, going, wow, snow. I'm in Alaska. My stuff's on the water. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I went outside, and I went outside for this purpose. I said, Lord, I'm going to go outside now that I'm here. There's something about being fully engaged. When you're there, your feet land, it's over. You're not going back. That's done. You're not transitioning. Transition's over. You're on the ground. Here we go. Does anybody understand? So that, that's different than you're almost there, you've almost started. It's different than boom, now you're there. So that was, it was this boom moment. And I went outside to feel the spiritual environment of Alaska. No, that's really what I did. 
I went outside and I closed the door. It's snowing. It's 10 below, 10 above, which is all the same. And I, you know, I didn't have a jacket on. I mean, I'm going to stand outside for a few minutes and feel the spiritual environment. I put my hands in the air and I said, oh God. And I prayed in the spirit a little bit and then I just heard, you are stupid. I thought, no, 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 no. You are stupid. You left, how many of you know that's not God? You left Kauai for this God-forsaken frozen wasteland. You're an idiot. I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh. no, I'm not. No, God. And then I just began to prophesy, God, I saw the golden oil. You're the one that called me here. We're going to have revival. It's awesome. Praise God. Went back in, went to sleep. I preached one of that, come on, somebody say hallelujah. I preached that one of that first weekends that we were here, and I preached about striking your arrows to the ground, and I shared about the vision. And uh, there were some folks that were a part of the church uh, that knew this lady that come up from Soldatna. Now, this is as the story as I remember it, so it might be some changes. I'll have to get the details because we'll have to write a book about what God's doing here and what he's going to do. There's a great outpouring. Amen. And uh, this lady from Sildana, as I recall, said, I've seen what he just preached about. I've seen that. I've seen it. It's a work of art. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't know where I've seen it. I've seen it. She goes back, and she finds out where she saw it and tried to buy it but couldn't. They ended up contacting the artist, and the artist sold them this one, which was, as I heard the story, was the last one actually on his wall in his house. The artist is from Pennsylvania, and he came through in 1966 and had a vision in Alaska, and this is the vision that he had, and uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll put that right here for those of you that want to see it. If you wouldn't handle it, I'd appreciate it that way. It won't get dropped or anything, but I'll, I'll put that right here. And I love the fact that it was in 1966 because that was the year I was born. And I, I know that God called me here, and that's how he called me. He, he called me by a vision with this golden oil of Zechariah. Kind of amazing. Come on, that's kind of amazing. Now, I know it's not all about me. It's all about Jesus. But, you know, you have to have in your life these experiences where God will move you along into the place of impossibility. It's impossible with God, without God, but with God, all things are possible. And God is releasing vision. God is releasing dreams. God is releasing His power and His anointing to do what He called you to do. Now how in God's green earth are you going to do a task that's impossible? How do you do that? Well, that's an interesting question. How are we going to accomplish God's will of seeing the golden oil? You know, when I got here, there was some people say 20. I'm going to call it 30 people in the church. Sunday nights, there was 5 to 7. Wednesdays was about 5 to 7 or 10 people. It quickly grew. And then it diminished. And then it grew again. And it's continuing to grow. And it's just been such a blessing. And I, I always like picking on Margaret Brockman, who I see back there. Margaret's a part of our church for, for forever. Yeah, and you're such a blessing, Margaret. I'll never forget one of the most difficult times in ministry, and I've shared it with you before, but 
I just want to take time to say thank you. Her and her husband were missionaries here in Alaska for many, many, many years. And her husband passed and went on to be with the Lord. He graduated ahead of time in a plane crash. And, and she's here and has been such a source of encouragement to me. It was that one Sunday, I'll never forget it. I wanted to quit. I didn't know what I was doing here. I was disillusioned. We'd lost about 100 people. And I thought, Jesus, really? Really, Jesus? I preached my brains out that day, and I'll never forget, you came out in your Margaret Brockman way. And you were there, all the people had left, it was the weekend after, and you came and you looked at me and you said, you're doing a good job, keep up the good work. No, I said, Are you, you're still here, is what I said. And you said, you're doing a good job, keep up the good work, and you gave me a punch or something, and I thought, if she's still here, if Margaret Brockman's still here, Something must be right. It just said, it was like the Lord said, if she would have left, it was messed up, son. It's not messed up. Keep keeping on. Keep believing. Keep prophesying. Keep preaching. Keep praying. Don't quit. Don't let up. Press in. Golden oil's on the way. Golden oil's coming. Gonna see it outpouring in Alaska. It's gonna change the nations. Gonna change the earth. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. And I went home just going, yeah, come on. How do you accomplish God's will? It is not by power. And it's not by might. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. Let's look at Zechariah here. This is the seventh vision I believe he's had now. And... Zechariah has these visions here in chapter 4. It's this vision of this lampstand, these two trees, this golden oil. What does it all mean? What is, what is the golden oil in the vision that you had, Pastor Daniel? Well, the golden oil, there's only golden oil is only in, phrase that way is only here in Zechariah. Oil is surely a picture of the Holy Spirit, one of the most specific pictures throughout all of Scripture. What does the lampstand represent? Well, the lampstand was the lamp, same lampstand that was in the tabernacle. The high priest was responsible for that, for making sure it was full, for making sure it stayed, stayed lit. It was, it was unique, though, this one. It has a bowl from which the oil would continually flow to the lamp. That's not like the, the lampstand at the tabernacle is different. So this is a unique bowl. And this bowl is filled with oil. There's these two trees and this bowl. And then the bowl feeds the lamp and the lamp's burning. Kind of unusual. So the bowl is, the, the bowl is filled with oil from these two trees that feed it. The lampstand represented the Israelite community as they returned from Babylon. And you'll see the lampstand of the churches of, uh, of the book of Revelation, seven churches in the book of Revelation. Each of them had a lamp. In fact, the Lord says, if you don't do this, man, your lamp's going to be taken from you. Talks about obedience. And, and uh, the, these two trees are apparently, according to the final verses there, two leaders, Zerubbabel and Joshua. 
And the meaning of the vision is found in verse 6. Look at verse 6 with me. So he answered and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now you know what they're doing. They're in a building project. They are rebuilding the temple. A tremendous opposition. Opposition with, I mean, incredible opposition. Verse 6, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, this is the word of the Lord for us. It is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, I love the next part. Who are you, O great mountain, before King's Chapel? (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that in. Before you, Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. You shall bring forth the capstone, the shouts of grace, grace to it. The Holy Spirit is the one that accomplishes the task. All you need to do is obey and do the best that you can. Work hard. Be faithful. Be diligent. Keep your heart. Because of the Holy Spirit, the opposition will leave. Resist the devil, he will flee. And the task at hand will be completed. The task of, re- of building our building is huge. But we will do it and we will see it happen and we will have a grand party and all of that. I was in a spirited conversation with our senior pastor. Which we have. We hammer things out. Iron sharpens iron. And he referenced that on Monday, saying, you know, he just says what's in his heart. He says what's true for him. Yeah, that's the way I am. And I'm so glad that we have a a, a secure, humble, I mean, he's not a power monger. He lets me just be who I am, and I'm okay with, I'm good with him being Papa, and we hammer the thing out as we move forward, and God uses all of that. Some, Some of you folks are just afraid to confront things. You got to confront things. You got to say, you got to be honest with yourself. And, and so as we're praying and, and contending in this spirited conversation, he says to me, You know what I love about you is you're always telling what's true for you. I said, I can't do anything else. He said, We'll never stop doing that. Listen, if you're going to see the mountain in your life move, you need to quit playing games. You need to get real, get honest, get close to God. You need to forsake your old life of manipulation and the ways of Jacob. You need to lay hold of the hand of the horns of the altar, I should say, and wrestle with God. Touch the hem of his garment. See see him bring you through the other side. The mountain will melt like wax in his presence, not yours. And, And you will see the accomplishment of the plan of God in your life by the Spirit of God. By the Holy Spirit. He said, can you be more specific than that? No. I know, I hated that. I'd be in messages like this and be like, come on, give me the one, two, three. There is none. How do you actually go and get a $4 million piece of land for $1 million when it goes into foreclosure on the first week that it goes in? How can you figure that out? It's like insider trading. Yeah, we had insider trading. God. 
How did you end up over there? Some of you don't know that story, but land we used to own, we sold it for 3.5 million, made a huge profit, bought this building, released the rest into the vision of KC, actually to buy the new Wanu, uh, Neo Valley Shopping Center, which is in escrow as we speak. And when it closes, we will be in the most prestigious area in all of Oahu, I mean, homes are multi, multi, multi millions. We're not talking a million dollar home. We're talking many million dollar homes. And our shopping center is right in the middle of it. We own it. And when it closes, if it closes, you know, things are, you know, big deals like that can go south, but God's in control. And we're not worried about it. If it doesn't close, well, it must not meant to be closed because we've done all the praying and everything that we could do. Not worried about any of that. But if it does close... We will actually be in about 40,000 square feet of the finest piece of commercial property in all of Hawaii for nothing, debt-free, 100%. That's a miracle. I'm just saying that's a miracle. And that land will be worth about, that piece of property worth about 20, I think it's 22 million, something like that. Yeah, wow. They wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have that, I should say, if our property didn't sell. Well, who could figure that all those years ago, eh, Christine? Who could figure that? What a heartbreak. We're selling the piece of land where the dream is, the land where the golden oil would flow. We're selling it. What? Yeah, God told us, to, listen, you've got, you've got to obey. Who would think that over 10, a little bit, 11 years later, God, no, 10, 10 years later, the Lord says, um, you can have it back now. Just, yeah, because all those prophetic words were true. And you are going to build a building here, just like the prophet said. And from this hill, it'll be like a city on the hill. Who could plan putting the welcome to Wasilla, the heart of Alaska, underneath our prayer room? No, it's underneath our prayer room. I mean, you will stand there and cars will be coming in and they'll look at the welcome to Wasilla and you'll be like, they just see people in the glass. That's amazing. Who could plan that? How does that happen? It happens by the Spirit of the Lord having a daily walk with Him. Not grieving him. Man, you know, I'm going to Chile, and I, I, and I have the hardest time printing down there. I, I've got notes. Sometimes I don't need notes. Sometimes I do. If I'm going to say anything that has any depth of study, <laughs> I need notes. If I'm just going to sort of flow around, we don't need so many notes. So when I go to Chile, I had the hardest time printing down there. And I, I, I can't stand to preach off of my laptop. It just... It, it fails, it does stuff, you know? And so I've got this idea that I'm going to preach off of an iPad. Like, these really big ones now. Which I wasn't. I was going to get the smaller one. And so I'm ready to go get it. I'm there at Costco getting a great deal. There's only one problem. The answer is no. What do you mean? Don't do that. I need it, Lord. You're not buying that. Lord. So I think, well, maybe he'll change his mind. So I took the little thing and I put it in the cart. And I'm thinking, really, God, really? Come on, I need this thing, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. And we went through Costco. We went through Costco. Hallelujah. You know, there was no samples out. So I was binding the devil. And, you know, we walked through. <laughs> we get, my mom gets her stuff. I was with my mother. And we come close. We're getting to the register. And it's just like the closer I get. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. It's like the Lord. It's just like. Less peace, less, less, less. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I pull it out of the cart. No, it's no, baby. No, it's no. 
Some of you don't have any understanding of what I'm telling you right now. You just like, no, I need that thing and I got to have it. And he tells you to stop, but you don't. I mean, I could reason all the reason and logic I could put together why I had to get. It's insignificant, really, amount of money, insignificant thing. I need it. The Lord says you don't. Now, I don't know all that's in play with that. I really don't. But that is how it works. You just obey right now. And right now. And right now. And don't get out of walking face to face with Him. Don't get out of an abiding relationship. Walking with Him. Come on, some of you are married. How long y'all been married? A few years. 30 this year in July. Now, do you know when your wife is maybe not so happy with you, yes or no? Yes. How can you tell? She tells me. <laughs> now, can you tell when something ain't quite right with Pastor Vince? Absolutely. And how's that? I just see it. She sees it. She tells him. That's usually how it works. Hey, listen, I, I remember in Molokai, it's kind of a long story. I better not tell that. You guys will... I better not tell that story. <laughs> okay, it's a long time ago. And I'm way more sanctified and holy now. All right. What time is it? <laughs> okay. So, is Pastor Karen here? Yeah, come help me out, Pastor Alex. Pastor Alex doesn't like the story. Everybody say it's a long time ago. Okay, say, I forgive Pastor Daniel ahead of time. All right. I will not change my opinion of him as a result of the story. Say it. Okay. There was this cat. We had two nickels to rub together. Ministry was very intense. The church, I think, hated me. I was the only white person there. Does anybody, Pastor Vince, give me an amen. amen. Yeah, that can be hard, right? I, there was racial tension for real. So I'm, visit, I'm visiting homes all day, and this cat had come back to our house. Now, I'm not a cat person. I don't really like them. The one cat that I did like was discovered to be have some mental issues. It was... Okay, I like dogs. It had brain damage. The one cat that I liked was partially brain damaged. So, we're at church, and we're, we have a church van. We had just moved there. This cat crawls up in the engine of the, tr- of the van, which we don't know. They do that. We drive home. Nothing happens to it, but it gets a free ride back to my house. So when we get to my house, the thing gets out, and I see it get out. I'm like, it's that cat. And, you know, it's one of these sort of skittish cats. And anyway, it stays outside, and we try to befriend it. And it's just a sick cat. It's one of those kind that sheds everywhere. And when you're walking, it trips you because it's constantly weaving in and out of your feet. It does figure eights in and out of your feet the whole time you're walking. My wife is pregnant with Danny all those years ago. Very pregnant. 
And I come back out of a brutal day of ministry. The cat's tripping me up. And I, I stand outside my kitchen door, and the screen is open in the kitchen, and Pastor Karen's inside, and she's praying. I mean, you know, that's a great, great sign. But it's SOS prayer. She's weeping, and she's crying, and she's like, oh, God, what are we doing here? Lord, it's so hot. It's just bloody hot, God. And she's, she's praying. I can hear her, and I can hear she's crying. I'm like, oh, God, what are we doing here? Really, God? And I'm talk, she's praying, I'm praying, but she doesn't know I'm there. And uh, she's crying, and she says, and that cat, I hate the cat, God. I hate the cat. I'm like, I hate the cat, too. And I, I look, and I see all that cat hair on the screen of the house. You know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about matted cat hair. I'd never seen it before, and it's all up on the screen. And then I'm seeing cat hair everywhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's an invasion, you know. She says, the cat. I look at the cat, and I'm sure that I probably got jumped or something by a devil. I don't know what happened, but I, I saw the cat, and I thought, that stupid cat. You need to get out of here. And I thought, meh, meh, meh. He's in his whole thing. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give it a little kick. It'll hate me. And it'll run away. I didn't want to hurt the cat. I just wanted it to hate me. Does everybody understand? Okay, she's crying. Oh, cat. I'm like, you stupid cat. And I hit it just a little bit too hard. I killed it. I, I'm sorry. Hey, you prayed that. Hey. I, I heard you. All of you said all you said you wouldn't hold. It's under the blood. Come on, somebody say it's under the blood. I kicked the cat. It would have been okay. It was a side kick, but it turned right into my foot and flipped and died right next to a bush. When that happened, it's, it's, got, a, it's got a good ending. When that happened, I was like, oh God, what kind of Christian am I? Oh, God, it's dead. Oh, God. And I go inside, and Pastor Karen's like, hey, Lord, and I come in, and she looks at me, and she goes, what's the matter? I said, it's your fault. <laughs> it's all your fault. She said, what happened? I said, I killed the cat because you were crying to the Lord, and I, I killed it, and it's dead. She's like, oh, my God, that's terrible. I said, I know, I know. She said, oh, God, oh, God. Hannah comes out. She says, where's the cat? I said, yeah, there's the cat, and, and it's dead, and, and, and it's right out here. We looked at the cat. I mean, it's dead. I go check the, I check the cat. The cat's dead. It's not breathing. I, put my, I can't hear anything. I'm like, I'm a wicked, wicked sinner. And, and Hannah's upset. Karen's upset. I said, let's just pray. Let's pray. We laid hands on the cat. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I repented. I said, Lord, raise the cat up. God, raise, raise the cat up. Please don't let me. I just can't live with this. God. We walked away. Nothing happened. I'd love to tell you. That's not what happened. I walked away, and we're sad, and we're grieving. I looked outside about 10 minutes later and the cat's gone. Cat's gone. It showed back up the following morning. We renamed it Lazarus. 
true story. And we brought it to the church to give to Justin Momwad, who's still a part of our church. And he let it go at the church, and it has many, many generations. Look, let me, let me tie this in. I mean, let me try to tie this in to how to see the mountain move, how to, how to see the church built, how to see the task, the vision that God gave you, how to see it come to pass. Walk with God face to face with Him. Do everything you can to get away from the thing that will rob you, the things that will seduce you. Get away from the God of entertainment. Get away from the things that dull your heart. Get away from people that, are, that want nothing of what you have. Love them, but get away. Separate yourself. Come out from among them and be ye separate, as Paul said. But it doesn't mean come out like leave them because no way that they won't get saved then. You still need to be a part of them, but not connected to them, not yoked with them. I walked in instantly my wife's face. What's the matter? Well, how did she know something was the matter? Because you'd see the grief-stricken cat killer's face. She's like, are you okay? Obviously, she could tell us I'm upset. I'm telling you, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, some of you aren't even aware that you're doing it. How are you going to walk in miracle might and power, resurrection power, if you're constantly grieving the one who's going to release his power through you to do the vision that he said? How is that going to happen? I don't, let me give you a couple points. I think, and then I'm done. The first thing is, don't despise a day of small things. Start. Everybody say start. Start doing what God said you could do. It's impossible. Well, you're never going to get anything done until you start doing, stepping towards what God said you could do, what he said he wanted you to do. And you'll hear the enemy. You're stupid. You'll hear that. Yeah, that's going to happen. I saw this picture of this sea of daffodils in California. Some of you might have seen it. I'm talking yellow daffodils as far as the eye can see. It's like a blanket of gold. Has anybody ever seen this? And it was all planted by one woman, 50,000 bulbs in 1958. And you can go and see that and think to yourself, this is a miracle. Yeah, it is. And it happened by one person daily coming out and doing one bulb at a time, just being faithful, just being loyal, just being steadfast. And now you see a, a sea of daffodils. What God wants to do through you is beyond anything you can possibly fathom. You can't imagine. You can't even dream up all that he wants to do. In fact, vision is progressive. He'll give you a vision, and then as you move into it, it goes It's called progressive apostolic vision. So he'll lead you. It's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like he fools us, because if he shows us everything, we're just never going to get started. And so you begin to take steps, and you, I remember coming in, 30 people here. And I remember hearing the church that was before us, Wasilla Bible, God bless them. They were so righteous in the transaction of this building and everything. God bless them. I remember hearing they grew to 800 people in this building. I thought, how, how did that happen? I thought, Lord, maybe you could do that. I am going to pour out the golden oil of Zacharias. I'm going to do it. You know, we broke 800 a number of times already. God has done that. 
So then I think over these years, I think he did that, then, and he's going to do the rest of it too. Come on, is anybody getting encouraged? God can do it through you, but you, you must learn to abide. You must submit. You must remain. The, the, the vision of God is accomplished by the Spirit of God through his vessels. Godly leadership, golden oil flows through godly leadership. Come on, stand up on your feet. We could get into this text and get technical, but our time's gone. I believe that you've got the heart of what I feel the Lord is saying to us tonight on this Holy Ghost night. It is not by power and not by might, but it is by His Spirit. Don't despise the small things. Don't despise the small beginnings. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back, for otherwise you're unfit. Come on, forget that which lies behind and press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He will anoint you. He'll flow through you. His power will be manifested through you so that a whole region can get changed. Come on, leaders are being raised up. Listen, if God has spoken to you and this message and the vision has touched you, you might have your own. You might have, well, I saw this wave. I know, I've seen the wave too. The valley of dry bones, I've had the same thing. It's a commonality because God has called people. There's a mighty wave of healing and deliverance and freedom and power and fire coming to the valley and he's going to use people he's raising up an army he's raising up an army of an exceedingly vast army filled with the very breath of god even as it says in ezekiel if you're a part of that and you know it i've been preaching to you and your heart's beating even now you can feel it like a fire in your bones you know that you're a part of that thing quickly come to the front quickly come everybody come that you feel that in your spirit tonight quickly come and just begin to talk to god come on talk to him come on lift your voice and talk to god God called you to this state. You know it. Come on, lift your voice and talk to him tonight. Yes. Thank you. The two trees represented the two leaders. God is going to raise up leadership here. He's actually calling in leaders from outside the state and from every place, to the north, south, the east, and west. He's calling them. And there is coming a mighty move of God. There really is. And it's not any one person or any one man. I don't even think it's any one church. But I know, I do know, that we are an anchor church in this thing. I know that. I know that. Our, our prayer, our prayer meetings. I don't want to be so arrogant to think that we're the only one that has prayer meetings like that, but I certainly don't hear about them. Just saying. We're going to see a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer center. It will happen. We'll be a church that doesn't close. It'll just never close. So at 3 in the morning when somebody just gets awakened by God and they want to go down and get some prayer or do some praying, they can go because the place will be open. We're designing the building that way. We're going to believe, you know, that the teenager that's pregnant, pressured to go get an abortion, 
He said, I'm just going to go talk to Jesus at church. And they'll come and they'll walk over there and they'll lift their hands and they'll find some other mother in Zion who'll lay hands on her and the power of God will touch her and she'll change her mind. And that, that baby be born might be another Samuel. I'm telling you, God is going to raise up a generation. He is raising up a generation. You're a part of it. Come on, begin to talk to God one more time. Ask God to fulfill your purpose in this hour in history. Fulfill our purpose. Fulfill our purpose. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. I'm calling from the north, south, east, and west, says the Lord. I'm calling them. It doesn't have to make sense to your natural mind. Why Alaska? It is a gateway of the United States of America. It has more resources than really any other state. There are things... Oh. There are resources, the Lord says, that have not yet been discovered in this land. And I'm going to open up a way, says God. I'm going to open up a way. I'm going to bring forth a flood. I'm going to bring forth a deluge. I'm going to bring forth a deluge of provision. This is a refuge state. I have called it to be a refuge, like a hiding place. It even has its role in Israel and the Aliyah and the return of my people back to the homeland. You have a role here, says the Lord. You have a role with Israel. You have a role with my people. You have a role to play in this nation. You have been crowned even as a royal diadem above the United States of America. The purpose for this state is beyond your understanding. But in the days that are yet to come, in the days that are yet to come, I'm going to pull back the veil, says the Lord. I'm going to roll back the veil, for there is a remnant that is being gathered even in this land. There is a mighty hammer that's being forged of prayer. There is a mighty weapon that I'm making here, even in the body of Christ. And you will see it with your eyes for the days that come the days of difficulty and the days even of anguish has come. There will be a refuge for those and they will know that in this land there is the golden oil of Zechariah that releases miracle power and hope. I'm going to do it. I'm going to build it. I said it to be so. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph tonight. God, thank you. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. I break off all weariness. We will not be weary in well-doing, for in due time we'll receive a harvest. Lord, I break off all weariness. That, that spirit of malaise that tries to come, we rebuke it. Lord, as we remain, as we abide, as your bride, 
Our lamps will be filled with oil. The oil of intimacy with you. Our wicks will remain trim. And we will wait like the five wise virgins. Loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And looking and listening as watchmen on the wall. I thank you, Lord, for the mighty harvest of souls you bring in. You'd help us. You'd raise up leadership. Help us to develop our nets, to do all that we can to see people discipled and raised up for the glory of God. Sighing and fleeing will be no more. You are an ever-present help in time of trouble. One more thing. The Lord wants to release vision to some of you have let your dream die. Don't let your dream die. God gave you the dream. Believe. Dream again. Let your heart beat again. The heart surgeon, having done open heart surgery on this woman, her name is Pam, put everything back together and her heart wouldn't restart. And so the surgeon leaned next to Pam's ear and said, Pam, I need you to tell you to, your heart to beat again. Pam, tell your heart to beat again. Boom, it started. Somebody need to tell your heart to beat again. Dream, dream, dream. Stay connected, abide. Don't despise the small things and know it is not by power, not by mine, but by my spirit, says the Lord. One more time, put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. If you're not right with God, won't you get right with him right now? If you're, you're not right with Jesus, won't you give your heart to him? Don't play church. Don't do it. Give your heart to Jesus afresh. Make a commitment for him. Serve him with all your heart. You'll never regret it. Let's close in prayer. Take someone by the hand if you can. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.